Hello, my little darklings. It's time to return to the Paranormal 60. A few months back, we were visited by Dave Scott as we talked about extreme paranormal encounters. And as we discussed the strange and bizarre things that have happened in our guests' lives, we tiptoed gingerly around the cases of alien abduction. And when brought up, our audience wanted more. No, they demanded more. And I've listened. He's back. And tonight, you get two shots of Dave. That's right. Not only is Dave Scott here tonight with me on the Paranormal 60, but later on this evening, I'll be joining him live on his program, Spaced Out Radio. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of different elements, and we'll be taking your questions during the show. That's next, right here on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps. Baloney, perhaps not. Okay, my little darklings. When you demand me to bring a guest back to continue to fill the airwaves with their stories, I listen. And I know that that night we went a little long and you all wish we went longer. But I'd rather we step back and leave you wanting more. And it worked. Tonight, we're going to revisit with our guest, Dave Scott, a good friend of mine, a fellow podcast and radio show host who has an interest in all things strange and unusual. And a man who is not just talking the talk, but has walked the walk, has had strange experiences throughout his life. As I touched on in the beginning of tonight's show, alien abduction. And I know that this is kind of the new hot buzz going on all around the world, this potential that there's aliens and things may be coming to light very soon. And people in the past that you've scoffed at for the concept of having alien communication, alien contact, and alien abductions, people are beginning to take much more seriously. So seriously, as a matter of fact, that one of Dave's fans popped onto our chat this evening and begged me not to mock him or make fun of him. I can't promise that's that's going to happen because, well, He's my buddy, and we pick on each other. That's what we do. But mocking him over alien abduction, that's not my scenario, man. We're here to chat and open up to discuss these things. And we will entertain your questions throughout tonight's show as long as they remain on a positive note. You can question. You can be skeptical. But as long as you do it in a respectful light, we will include your questions. Because I know that the claims we're going to discuss tonight are going to sound strange and unusual to some of you unbelievable to others, but there is a faction of you out there listening right now who are all too familiar with the type of tales that we're about to hear. So help me welcome back to the hallowed halls of the Paranormal 60, our good friend, Dave Scott. Hey, Dave, Hello. welcome back. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be hanging out on some airtime with you, my friend. Thank you so much for having a lot of fun and thank you to your audience because a lot of them the last time i was on was the 
it was the first time them hearing some of my stories. Maybe they hadn't right. heard of me before. And I got a bunch of new subscribers out of that. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. We are in it together. And uh, that's always been a big part of this world where people think, oh, there's competition. There's no competition. We're all interested and we all have different perspectives in the way that we look and examine these concepts. And I think it's important. That's why I guessed on your show. You guessed on my show. I've been on Jimmy Church's show. I've been on Coast to Coast. You've been on Jimmy. We, we do these swap arounds so that we can extend the family, extend the branches of our trees so that more and more people that are out there having experiences of their own might find a safe haven, a, a place that we can come together to discuss these things. And as I said, I know this topic is one that's a hot button conversation, right? I mean, we've got all of these strange claims of unidentified craft in the area. Howie Mandel just posted a video. I don't know if you saw that over the weekend of seeing these two bright lights fixed in the sky. Of course, they were two of the planets that were uh, coming into alignment. But, you know, everybody's got their eyes to the skies right now, Dave. Everybody's interested and fascinated in the possibility that we aren't alone. But you know this firsthand. And at what age did this become abundantly apparent to you? I saw my first UFO when I was 21 years old. And uh, Dave, I come from a family of alcoholics. So mm -hmm. I decided to go the other way and, and not drink. And so, you know, do I enjoy a beer every now and again? Yeah, I do. But nothing to excess because, you know, it just it's a family issue and and uh, I just don't really like it. So this one night I was, I was a designated driver for my buddies and, and we were, I was driving them home and it was one of those uh, muggy West coast nights. And I was 21. I was still living with my parents at the time. And I decided, you know, it's like two 30 in the morning and I would get up and, and go grab a drink of water before going to bed. And, you know, this is back in the days when you could still, uh, you know, grab water from the tap. <laughs> you know, remember those days? Man, we're old. But um, yeah. I, I decided to go out on the patio, and my parents' patio overlooked. Uh, it was up on a hill, and then there was Highway One, and then uh, over on the other side of Highway One was Abbotsford International Airport because I grew up in Abbotsford, British Columbia. And all of a sudden, I heard I was a big airplane buff. I still am. My entire time from when I was three years old, when my dad took me to the first air show in town, and I saw these old buckety CF-101 voodoos that were louder than anything, I'd always said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do it, but, uh, you know, I always had an affinity for airplanes. And I remember standing there on the patio and our airport at night is shut down. It shuts down at midnight. So the entire airport that we could look over, you would see like no runway lights or anything. They'd all be off in case of emergency, at least at that time when the airport was still quite small. Now, a little bit different because I got a lot of airliners flying in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But on this particular night, it was in July. Uh, I had um, heard this sound this really deep buzzing sound. And, and to me, it sounded like a, a, an old C-130 Hercules that had altitude. And I looked up and I'll use the, the common term for it. It was like a tic-tac orange color. Hmm. Watch this fly from my right over top of the highway, over top of the airport. 
And then all of a sudden the light went off and then the sound went off about 10, 15 seconds later. I remember running downstairs. My dad fell asleep on the couch watching sports highlights. Dad, you're not going to believe this. I just saw a UFO outside my dad. Whatever, you know, (laughs) that was my first UFO experience. But I never got into this, Dave, until my late 30s. And, uh, you know, and I don't want to go back into what we talked about last show with the angel of death and and all of that. That was kind of the start of it. But if you remember, I started talking to you about my guru, my mentor, Pascal. Mm-hmm. And Pascal, one day after it was around twenty, late 2013, he starts saying to me, I'm really starting to get the I, intention that you need to start learning about ETs. And I'm like, no. No. <laughs> and he's like, why not? I said, aliens scare me. They totally scare me. And and uh, I'm like, I'm not going there. He goes, well, what if you don't have a choice? Because he would always challenge me. I'm like, well, what about... What about my free will you keep telling me about this whole what's this whole free will thing? And he's like, well, sometimes you make a contract before you you actually move on. And uh so you may have given up your free will on that already. Hmm. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no aliens, no nothing. <laughs> and pushing me. So this goes into 2014. Let me preface this. In 2012, 2010 to 2013, okay, my partner and I, her and I would sit outside on our patio at night and we'd have a we'd have a beer or we'd have a glass of wine or we'd have a glass of iced tea, whatever it was, and we would watch the satellites fly by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes those satellites would be in formation and the odd time, like two flying the exact same speed, the exact same course. But what we started to notice over this time, and this point is going to come up uh, very, very important in a little bit here, is you know how when you're looking up in the sky and all of a sudden you see this satellite go really bright white light and then it shuts right right down? Well, Mm -hmm. we always think, okay, that's some sort of pareidolia, sun reflecting off the off the tin foil on the satellites or or uh, whatever it may be, okay, and thought nothing of it. Go through winter of 2013 to 2014, not spending a lot of time outside in the Canadian winter because <laughs> it's kind of cold, and spring comes around. This would have been around mid-March. Go to bed like any other normal night. And to this day, I don't know if it was a dream or what. All of a sudden, I wake up and I'm standing in this bright white room. I know there's a floor. I know there's walls around, even though I can't see them. The walls are so bright white, but and the ceiling's white. There's everything is white. I'm looking around. I don't see anybody. It's just me. But the white light is so bright yet. I'm not squinting, if that makes Hmm. sense. Right. And it's not hurting my eyes. And this is where 
the woo starts to kick in where I don't understand this. Okay. And, and what I'm going to tell you is so hokey that I would not believe it if it didn't happen to me. Okay. This male voice comes in and says, Dave, we no longer want you researching any of these subjects. We don't want you watching television shows. We don't want you reading books. We don't want you going on online forums. We don't want you doing anything regarding these subjects because for the last couple of years, that's all I had done trying to figure out what the hell was going on, you know, from the angel of death right through until that point. But then the voice says something stupid. It says, but we give you permission to watch YouTube videos. And I barely knew what YouTube was at that point. Right. Okay. So I said, I don't understand. You're taking everything away from me that I'm trying to learn what's going on, but you want me to watch YouTube videos. I said, that doesn't make sense. And then the voice comes back and says, you will be able to tell what is real and what is fake. And then I wake up in my bed thinking nothing of this. Okay. This, and I, I remember telling my partner and all my friends, I tell Pascal, you know, like this doesn't make sense to me. And it was like, okay, what do you get out of it? What are you getting? I don't know. Well, three weeks later, this is now April 10th, 2014. I am, uh, coming home from work. And remember the last, uh, episode we talked, I, I was telling you about my friend's farm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a quick uh, picture of it. My friend lived in Mission, British Columbia. They had 10 acre farm. Beside them was an elderly couple that had six and a half acres. There were only two houses on their street and both houses were horseshoed by forest. And so my, my partner is there with our son. Our son is about nine months old at that time. And I work out of town about 35 miles out of town. And I mm-hmm. figure, you know what? I'm going to meet them there. And as I'm on my way home, it's about eight. We shut down work at eight o'clock. Uh, I knew I was going to get there about eight forty-five, nine o'clock. About halfway through my drive, I realize I have a migraine coming on and a painful migraine. And I get to the house. My eyes are killing me. My head is killing me. I walk in the door, you know, my wife says to me, she's like, Hey, what, what are you doing? And I said, well, I've got a migraine. I don't know how long I'm going to stay. I'm probably going to have to go home and hop in the shower and, you know, try and deal with this. She goes, well, do you want to go home now? And I said, no, no, I just got here. You know, you just got here. Uh, let's just have, have a, uh, a cup of tea and, you know, I'll just go sit on the couch and close my eyes to see if this could calm down a little bit. Right. So I go sit on the couch. I close my eyes. And about 35 minutes later, I realize that the pain is gone. But what I also realized is right before that, the pain shifted. It started off as a square in the front of my head, moved to the right side of my head as a triangle moved over to the left side of my head as a circle. And I was trying to put this together when all of a sudden I got hit with an anxiety attack 
that I needed to go outside right now because some crap was going on out there and I needed to watch it. So I turned to my wife who's on my right. I said, I got to go outside right now. She goes, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I'm having an, an anxiety attack that I need to go outside. And she goes, can I come? I'm like, no, you have to stay inside with the boy. So the lady of the house says to her hubby, Dave's getting a message. We need to go outside right now. And I looked at her and I said, he can't come. She goes, why? I said, he's not invited. Why would I tell somebody they're not invited into their own backyard? Right. Her and I quickly get our shoes on, get our jackets on. It's a misty, cold, spring, damp night about an hour outside of Vancouver. And in behind the house, I got this old two by 10 horse fence. They they used to raise raise horses back in the day. And we're standing out there and Dave, you know, when you're in a haunted building and you know, stuff is about to go down and you can cut tension with a knife. Right. This is what it's like. So she goes, well, they called you outside. Why don't you say something? What the hell do I say? (laughs) Right. So I said, the only thing that could come to my mind, I said, out of God's peace, love, and light, you called us outside. Can you please show me where you are? And I'm talking in the exact same volume that I'm talking to you. 150 yards away from the neighbor's back field by the forest, everything lit up on my command like a Christmas tree. Hmm. There was a UFO on the ground. And it turned its lights on for me. And it was the same bright white light that was in that room that I was in three and a half weeks previous. And it's pushing right through the trees. Okay. We're a good par three away. Nice seven iron, lay it up easy. That's how (laughs) far we are. Okay. And I just stand there and I said, oh my God. And the lady says, what the heck is that? And I said, well, I really don't know. And after about 30 seconds, the lights turned off. Now, during that time when the lights were on, Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything a skeptic should do. I'm looking for shadows. Is it one of those 100,000 candle watt flashlights you could get at the hardware store? Am I hearing music? Am I hearing laughter? Am I hearing talking? I'm hearing none of it. Nothing. The light goes off. We look at each other. I said, if you were of alien descent out of God's peace, love, and light, can you please turn your lights back on? Bang. Lights come back on. This time they are brighter through the trees that are separating the properties. Okay. And the the fence line had these giant, like, old trees like these fir trees mixed with maple trees that were probably standing 60 70 feet high okay and the lights are pushing right through them and the entire backfield of both properties is lit up like a tennis court at night Hmm. this is crazy we're on top of a mountain where this is happening there are no light poles out here and 
I start seeing something blue. So I move to my right to find a path where I could see, get a better line of vision. And that's where I saw the blue cylinder standing vertically. All the white light was coming from underneath it. And there was this black cloud. I don't know how else to describe it. That was spinning counterclockwise halfway up this blue cylinder and then all the way down and then halfway back up and then all the way down. Nice super chat, by the way. Yeah, very, thank you, Loki. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Thank you, Loki. Dave deserves it. So after about 30 seconds, again, the lights turn off. The lady who is with me, she's like, let's go over there. No. Hmm. She's like, why not? Nothing's going to happen. I said, no, we're not going over there. We don't know what the hell this thing is. She's like, well, I'm going over there. I said, no, you're not, you know, and, and I hate to try and say I was playing my man card, right? But I was, but I was scared at, at that point. My, well, it's not even a man card, Dave. It's a protector card. We don't know what this is. We don't Absolutely. know what we're walking to. Absolutely. And my whole point of fear and point of education leading up to this is close encounters of the third kind, which I hadn't seen in years. But a movie I had seen a number of times because it scared mm -hmm. me, which was uh, Fire in the Sky, the Travis Walton story. Right. And I didn't know how much Hollywood had butchered that movie until I got into this field. But at that point, I'm like, that's based on a true story. I ain't going over there. So I literally said to her, I said, look, you're not going over there because if that thing takes you, I'm suspect number one. Right. I am not going back in this house alone without you. If that thing takes you. So stay right here. She goes, okay. She decides to say, she goes, we'll see if it'll turn its lights on again. And I said, okay. I said, just so I'm not crazy out of God's peace, love, and light. Can you turn your lights on one final time? Boom. Lights come back on. There's the blue cylinder. There's the black cloud. There's the white lights emanating from everything. Okay, and we just stood there, and I just stood there, and Dave, I took it all in like you would a the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen, and I just took it all in. And now, are there any other senses engaged? Are you hearing mechanical sounds, a whirring wind? Okay, are you noticing that aside from your friend's voice, there's no other sounds that you would normally hear, like cars in the distance, crickets chirping, frogs croaking? Is anything else dampened or, or seem to be missing from this template of sound? There was not even a car that went on the side road, the long road that went up the mountain more. Not even a vehicle. And there's a bunch of houses up there. Okay? Not even a vehicle, not the sound of a jet, not the sound of an owl, not the sound of anything. Okay? This just went boom, Dave, and it was there. Another beautiful super chat for you. Thank you, Christina. Audience there. Great Thank job, you. audience. Dave deserves it. Well, there was amazing, amazing Nothing. stories with this. I appreciate the support people showing for the show this evening, but the support for, for the tale that you're telling. Yeah. You've, you've, you're, you're having this experience, these sounds, these uh, visuals, and it's something now, do you feel somewhat 
secure in the fact that you're not alone, that you're witnessing this with someone else. Yes. Yeah. And here's the interesting part. Remember when I said just a couple of moments ago about the lights over top of my house, they would go really right. bright. Mm-hmm. This thing then turns its lights off. And then to kind of show me that we've been watching you, it turns its lights on and off, on and off, on, off about nine, 10 times before it went dark and we're standing there in the, in the field wondering, what do we do now? Can you turn your lights on again out of God's peace and love light? Please turn them on one more time. They never did. So after about five minutes, seven minutes of trying, I'm still too scared to walk over there. No sound, no nothing. We turn to go to the house and the lady says, hey, what's that? She points in the sky. There is an orange orb poking out of the clouds. Hmm. And I look up, we watch this orb. It sucked back into the cloud. And as it sucked back into the cloud to turn itself off, the bright white light that we saw on the ground ripped through the clouds like a lightning bolt. No sound, nothing. We looked at each other and went, holy blank. What just happened? We walk into the house and we're just stunned. And we sit down with her hubby and my wife and we explain what, what was going on. Okay. And it was just unbelievable. Now, if you know me, okay, having a journalistic mind, I now have about a thousand questions right through my head i don't sleep for five days and on that fifth day april 15th 2014 i happen to have that day off and the day before my wife says to me do you want to go back to the farm tomorrow because our friend has a new friend that that we have um that she has met And she's a lifelong ET contactee. So I said, sure. It's my first time back at the farm since this happened. I really haven't slept in five days. We go back to the farm and all the ladies are doing their, oh, hi, how are you? And all this. And I meet this little redheaded pixie named Samantha Mowat. Okay. And. Samantha and we tell Samantha what had happened a few days previous and I'm kind of pacing around. I don't want to be in the in the hen house having a cup of tea when I could be out there trying to figure out this new riddle of UFO landing on the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, and calling me outside. So Samantha, who doesn't even know me, she's known me about 20 minutes at this point, says, "You want to go outside, don't you?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, you mind if I come? I said, sure. It's two o'clock in the afternoon or just around two o'clock in the afternoon. All the kids are still at school. And I used to bring my two dogs over to run around with the two farm dogs. They got 10 acres to play. They loved each other. Uh, So we walk in the back. Samantha and I walk into the backfield. It's daytime now. So obviously you feel safer. Right. And we walk in the back of the field and I'm showing her this is where the craft was. I feel felt it left me something. I can't figure out what never did find out what, 
and she starts picking it up and she's like, yeah, you definitely had a craft here. She goes, the, the energy is really picking up and I'm really falling into the whole woo category here now. So after about 10, 15 minutes of us looking around the backfield and how I felt and what I saw and what I went through, you know, she, she pauses right in the middle of the, of the field. And she looks at me and she goes, do you want to walk in the forest? And right then and there, Dave, I knew. I just knew. And I said, what the hell? She goes, you know, we're probably going to see something, right? And I went, yep. And I took a deep breath. And uh, I, um, I said, then she starts looking around. She goes, but from what I know, aliens don't like dogs. So we tried moving the dogs back to the house. The dogs didn't want anything to do with that. They were all, oh, we're going to go for a walk. There's humans out here. You know, dogs. Right. Okay. So we start walking towards the end of the field where the field meets the fence line to this these giant 90-foot evergreen and fir trees that are like this cathedral of forest that we're about to enter. Now answer and, me this, Dave, really quickly. Yeah. Going in here, you mentioned earlier, like getting in that sense when you're in a haunted location and you know things are about to amp up, you can feel it. Are you having a sense going in here? Obviously, the two of you have already put out the intent that something is coming, that you are about to have an experience. Thank you, Shotgun Shell, for the love and support on the Super Chat tonight. I appreciate that. Um, but is there a sense of dread, a sense of wonder, uh, almost like a lack of emotion or lack of fear? What, what can you describe to us about walking into that moment? Uh, that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Uh, I would say it was. You, I just knew something was going to happen. Okay? okay. I knew I didn't have to be afraid, but I knew that I couldn't control what was about to happen. Okay. Right. Because bad things don't happen at two o'clock in the afternoon, Dave. It may be <laughs> like weird stuff. That's all supposed to happen at, you know, dead time, 3 a.m. That's right. 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 So Samantha and I walk towards the, the entrance of the forest and all four dogs run into the forest. And Samantha and I are having ner nervous chitter chatter, you know, very small talk. And she's like, have you ever seen an ET? Have you ever? No, no, I haven't. Have you ever been abducted? No, no, I haven't. You know, um, was that UFO your first one you'd seen? No, I'd seen a number of them at this point. And I could feel in my body just something wasn't feeling right. But I, I'd never sensed this feeling before because it didn't feel dangerous. So we walk about 50 feet or 50 yards into the forest and mm -hmm. Samantha stops and she gets this real perplexed look on her face and she's looking all around and I'm like, what, what, what what's going on? She goes, Dave, where's the dogs? All four dogs were gone. They were right with us. All four dogs are gone. 
So like stupid white people in a horror movie, <laughs> we notice this and right. And we decide to keep going. And now as a, as a man, I'm now on edge wondering what is coming up. Like, do I have to fight here? Like I'm starting to get that f- fight or flight type of, right. of feeling upon me. We go another 50 yards in and I'll tell you that was a slow 50 yards to walk because my head was, I'm looking all around for stuff. And Samantha being really tiny, she jumps up on this tree stump about 50 yards from where we were. And she's looking all around and then she has that perplexed look on her face. And she goes, Dave, and I'm about 18 inches from her face. She goes, I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to look that way. And she points north. She goes, I want you to tell me what you see. So I remember I took a deep breath. I turn. I look. And I said, Samantha, what the F is that? Samantha, what the F is that? What the F is that, Samantha? What the F is that? That's all I could say. Mm -hmm. Because 2 o'clock in the afternoon, on a Wednesday afternoon, April 15, 2014, 200, yard, 200 feet, not yards, feet in front of me is a 10 to 12 foot extraterrestrial standing there staring back at us. 10 to 12 foot tall. Yes. Is it blending into the background or is it just suddenly it is there a, looming over you? It is... Uh, it is tan in color, like a like if you put way too much milk in your coffee. Mm-hmm. It is that color. Uh, I saw the head. I saw the neck. I saw the body. I did not see any arms. I did not see any legs. And it was just there. And I wasn't scared of it. What scared me was, Dave, that everything I had learned in my life up until that point was now a lie. I believe in God. I believe in the devil. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe if you're good, you go up. If you're bad, you go down. But my parents, my I never went to church, but I still had a strong belief system. But my parents, my grandparents, my coaches, my teachers, my elders, my friends never told me, what the hell do you do when you are 40 years old and you are staring at a 10 to 12 foot extraterrestrial that is not supposed to exist? Yeah, there, is no, there is no prepping for that. No sense or experience jessica davenport brings up kind of a fascinating uh, thought do you think that the 10 to 12 foot tall aliens might sometimes disguise themselves as a sasquatch <coughs> sure but why not yeah why not <coughs> excuse me um i i need still- to have, take take you back for a second dave just because there's, there's an aspect of this i don't want to lose yeah, yeah. Obviously, you have a religious upbringing and base because when you are out there at night seeing these lights, you're calling upon God or in God's name kind of thing to show or to expose themselves. And they they turn on the lights. They show you what's there. 
do you believe you would have had the same effect had you just placed a, you know, if something's there, show me? Or do you think it was because you were calling upon the authority of an ultimate being that it did, it, it was forced to show itself? I did it out of safety because I didn't know what else to do. Okay. Okay. Like I wasn't, mm -hmm. it just seemed like the thing to say. But on this day, it was different. Mm -hmm. It was different. Like this was a, I was being schooled, Dave. I was being schooled. Well, and coming from a religious background, you say your whole life kind of shifts. You're now seeing the things that others would have us believe don't exist or is exactly. impossible. How exactly. does, does that in the moment start to, to strike you that you said, obviously you're now aware that everything you thought you knew is, is different. Yeah, I mean... Does it impact you all the way to a theological and spiritual moment? It did. As opposed to just a psychological and knowledge it, moment? It was everything. It was... It was it was like, Dave, if, if... Let's say this little notepad here is the book you carry of all the rules, regulations that you've been taught in life. Mm -hmm. And some complete stranger comes over to you, rips it out of your hand, but that book is all you know. Right. Where do you go from here? How do you think? How do you live? How do you how do you breathe? All of a sudden, you know, the the hockey game is that I was a sports reporter for 10 for 10 years. All of a sudden, hockey didn't matter to me for the first time in my life. Okay? After this happened, there was a bigger a bigger sense of what is going on, a bigger purpose that I had completely ignored up until this point. And I'm staring at it and I don't know what to think. I don't know how to act. And Samantha, thank God she was there, but she scared me because there was a second being there. I didn't see it. She did. And the second being says, we're not here to harm you. We're not here to take you. It's telepathically telling Samantha this. Mm -hmm. You're more than welcome to come over and say hello. However, we are worried about the man's health. There's only two of us. Samantha definitely isn't the man. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I think I was. So she goes, you want to go? She goes, come on, they're not going to hurt us. They already told us. No, please. Come on, let's go. Samantha, no, I saw fire in the sky. I am not walking back to that house alone. I'm suspect number one. It's now twice this week. In that week, I had to have that conversation. Right. Now, she do you believe that they're fearing for your health, that if you come closer, you're going to go into a state of shock, perhaps have a heart attack, an anxiety attack. Is that what they meant? Or do you believe that yes. they were yes. there to give you a warning about physical no, issues exactly, in the future? That's okay. exactly it. They, Samantha brought, broke it down afterwards that they felt that if I would have went over there, I would have had a heart attack and died because I couldn't handle it. Dave, we have to take a quick break. Yeah, we will come back. Uh, remember, you can check out Dave's shows, uh, Spaced Out Radio, live broadcast daily, 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Mountain, 11 p.m. Central, 
12 a.m. Eastern. You can check it out Monday through Friday, Spaced Out Radio. We have a link for it on tonight's program guide. For those of you listening to this podcast afterwards or watching this at a later date, that link is below and in the description. You can check it out for yourself. After tonight's show, there will be a small break between my show and Spaced Out Radio, but join us on Spaced Out Radio. I'll be going over and sharing more stories. The two of us will be discussing all different elements of the paranormal on Spaced Out Radio tonight, so make sure that you tune in and check that out as well. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more to discuss and what happens next with Dave Scott and the abductions right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com p60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash p60 it's time to take control of your life dave's here rooting you on and if i can do this you can do this let's do this together betterhelp.com slash p60 there's a link for it on today's program guide join us for this amazing paranormal conference that's being held in a haunted school in glen beulah wisconsin haunted midwest ghost tours presents Great Lakes Paranormal Conference on September 22nd through the 24th, 2023. We have some great speakers with Jason Hawes, Adam Berry, Sherry Benedetti, Lyle Blackburn, Shane Pittman, Sarah Lemos, Dave Schrader, Jeff Bellinger, along with Wisconsin's very own Chad Lewis. And many more will make this one of Wisconsin's most talked about events. We have over 40 vendors and nighttime investigations at various haunted locations with special guests. Get your tickets now at GreatLakesParanormalConference.com and find us on Facebook under the same name. Choose from VIP, General 3-Day, and Day Pass. Again, that's GreatLakesParanormalConference.com. Haunted Magazine is packed full of the paranormal, stuffed with the supernatural, sautéed with spookiness, 
garnished with ghosts and even drizzled with a dash of demons. If you want histories, mysteries, ghost stories, hauntings, weird stuff, freaky stuff, and more supernatural than you can shake a stick at, come and see Haunted Magazine for the world's best paranormal writers. Visit www.hauntedmagazineprintshop.com for your latest scare. Remember kids, don't be normal, be paranormal. Hello, my friends. Come see me. I'll be in Richmond, Virginia, March 24th, 25th, and 26th with GalaxyCon. Amazing celebrity guests will be on hand. You do not want to miss this. I'll be hosting paranormal talks each day, plus I'll be hosting some of the different panels that will be taking place throughout the weekend. You can get more information at GalaxyCon.com and use code GALAXY25 to save 25% off. And this is just one of four of these Galaxy Con extravaganzas I will be a part of this year. I would love to see you. There are four different locations throughout the United States, four different times of year, and you can join me in Richmond from March 24th through the 26th, Raleigh from July 27th through the 30th, Austin, Texas, where I'll be joined by the Paranormal 60 News crew September 1st through the 3rd, and in Columbus, Ohio, December 1st through the 3rd. It is going to be an amazing time. Galaxy Con is a festival of fandom with celebrities, artists, writers, voice actors, cosplayers, entertainers, creators, wrestlers, fan groups, panelists, and people just like you. Again, check it out at galaxycon.com. Use Galaxy 25 to save 25% off of any of the tickets and come see me. I'm going to also be out at Parasycon 4. We've got a great conference coming up. A lot of fantastic speakers. Andrea Perrin from The Conjuring will be there. Shane Pittman, myself from The Holzer Files, and Shane from 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, as well as Aaron Sagers from 28 Days Haunted. Marianne Winkowski, the real ghost whisperer. If you were a fan of the Jennifer Love Hewitt series, then meet the woman behind the series. It was truly based on Marianne Winkowski and her abilities and stories. She has been a guest of mine in the past and amazing what she can share. The Ghost Brothers will also be on hand. So much more. It's easy to find all of this information, all of the great locations you can visit me, simply by going to darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. This July, I'll be at the USS North Carolina doing a ghost hunt with uh, Get Haunted. We're going to have an amazing time. There are tickets open for that. We've got England coming up in September, the 12th through the 21st. And we've just added a brand new trip that's going to be taking place in November. I'm going to be going, that's right, witches vampires, werewolves, and ghosts in New Orleans. So if you would like to go to New Orleans with me for an extended tour, ghost hunt, and get a chance to steep yourself in the Old South and Supernatural, then this is a trip you do not want to miss. It just went up on our site at darknessevents.com. I will be there. We will be visiting all types of locations, digging deep into the history of these locations, hearing the stories that are out there. And I'm also working on trying to have our good friend Dark Waters 
come out and spend a little time with us. James is a folklorist and a storyteller and uh, historian. He is the host of Dark Waters, his own program, and uh, he is an amazing guy. So hopefully we'll be able to visit with Dark as well. So check that all out, darknessevents.com. I have got a great guest with me this evening, Dave Scott. He's a host of Spaced Out Radio. And again, for those of you that are interested, I'll be on Dave's show tonight after our program. So you can go check it out. That's 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Mountain, 11 p.m. Central, 12 a.m. Eastern Time. Live broadcasts daily Monday through Friday, Spaced Out Radio they own the night. And it's true. You can check it out as always a great time when I get a chance to visit over there and we will continue aspects of tonight's conversations and more. So I want to make sure that uh, you check that out. Uh, Tonight, this episode is a self-contained episode, I promise you, so that you don't have to follow the story over there, but you can join us as we take on more topics in the strange and unusual all right, uh, Dave, you've you've got us hanging. Amazing things are happening. You have now seen a craft. You've seen lights. You've seen this at night. You're now in the daytime confronting two alien beings, 10 to 12 feet tall alien beings that are sensing, speaking telepathically to you and your friend and letting you know that they are welcome for you to approach them you going in with the hollywood knowledge of of horror movies and every alien abduction scenario running through your head you're standoffish they're warning your friend that you're welcome to come here but we're fearful that that this is going to cause your friend physical harm because of his own panic and fear so at least they were cognizant of that 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 does give them kind of this benevolent sense to you it screwed me up aliens are supposed to be bad Right. Anything that come, you know, anything that comes from the sky can't be good, right? Well, so, Star Trek. I've I've always believed the aliens are on our side, man. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> at that point. So Samantha starts walking mm-hmm. down the path. She says, "Screw you, I'm going." Mm-hmm. And I basically screamed at her and I begged her to stay with me, and she did. To her credit, she did. And I never saw the second one. Didn't even know he was there at the time. And I watched the 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 ten to twelve footer change color to go to more of like a dark uh, giraffe or quarter horse type color, and all of a sudden we started getting this feeling, and this is where I learned started to learn how aliens get away. Mm-hmm. I, we started getting this feeling that if we walked to a different part of the forest, we were going to have more interaction. And both I was picking that up and Samantha was picking that up. So we decide to go over to this other part of the forest. Okay. It took about a three, four minute walk to get there. Not long. But now Dave, you're, you're afraid of this one being. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of wanting to beat feet and get away. But now all of a sudden you get a sense that if we go deeper and into this part of the forest, we're going to even have more interactions yeah how are you how are you psychologically dealing with this battle of i want to run but i need to go see what's there at this point i i was starting to catch my breath i was starting to relax okay uh, the feeling that i got was that there was going to be little gray dudes there i mm-hmm. knew i could take them okay <laughs> all right you know, worst you know where's push comes to shove I know that I could take a 50 pound or 40 pound gray. You know what I'm saying? I know that 
bring it on. But we walk to this other part of the forest and we kind of come up on this knoll and we're looking all around and Dave, you, it's like total pareidolia city where mm-hmm. you think you're, you're seeing something move out of the corner of your eye. You turn, okay, it's a, it's a leaf falling or you, you hear something in the distance. You turn, it's a bird. You know, there's all of this stuff going on, the chirping of the, of the chipmunks and squirrels and, and everything. And we stayed out there for about five, 10 minutes and there was nothing. So we decided let's go back to the original spot, go back to the original spot. They're gone. Right. They're, they're so just, it's so, so do you believe that they're kind of giving you this sense to go here that gives them the, the yeah. opportunity to vanish. But if this yeah. thing is as the capability of morphing and changing colors, do you think it was ever really gone, Dave, or do you think it just found a way to uh, subtly blend into the background? It, I'll use one of something that'd be familiar to you and maybe your paranormal listeners. When you know you've cleansed a house, you know, it's gone. Right. You just know that energy has changed. Exact same thing. Exact same thing. So we walk back to the house, explain what we saw. And as we're walking back to the house and it's real funny because Samantha doesn't remember this part. This is the part you wanted to get into. So if you do want to go over by a couple minutes, I can. Okay. I certainly can go over. Let's keep going. Okay. So Samantha didn't remember this part of the conversation until a couple years after. And Mm -hmm. she, we got out of the forest or pardon me. Let me re I'm, I'm jumping here. We start to walk towards the entry back to the property. And as we got to the entry, all four dogs came out to meet us. So somehow they got back out to safety and came back. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So here we are, all four dogs. We're walking through the the, the horse field. And, uh, and Samantha stops me and she goes, Dave, have you been taken before? I'm like, no. Not that I know of. She goes, okay, after this encounter, there's a good chance that you may be taken. Don't worry about it because it often happens. She doesn't remember that part of the conversation. Hmm. So I start seeing more and more UFOs. I call friends over. Hey, come on over. We'll have a fire on my yard and, you know, on my fire pit and we'll, We'll stare up at the sky. We'll watch some UFOs fly over and it'll be fun. It'll be cool. You know, black triangles now hovering over my house and, and orbs, uh, hovering over my house in the daytime. We'd look towards Mount Baker in Washington state. We'd see UFOs sitting on top of the mountain and watching them change and take off and, you know, watching, uh, uh, contrails ripping through the sky right over our house, but there's no sound. It's just this line going and you see this little thing right in front of it. That doesn't look like a 737. considering I'm on the flight path from Mm -hmm. Vancouver out of town, Mm -hmm. right? I'm used to seeing aircraft and September rolls around and it's September 30th. And my wife and I are doing this little channeling thing. Now, are you inviting people over to see these things really quickly because you, you want corroboration for your own sanity? 
Or are you inviting them over because you feel that they want you to expose more people to what's taking no, place? Come over and watch the madness. Okay. Right. Right. Come over well, now you've got this fear, though, that you may now be abducted because of your place. Does it ever concern you that by bringing people into that realm that might not have gone there to see these things oh, yeah. on their own, you're now exposing them? Sure. But I didn't care. This was just, it was wild. It was wild. Right, I get you. Like, I get it. I remember this one time I invited two friends over and we got this, the fire going. And, and I said I, to my buddy, I said, we're going to see some UFOs tonight. And he goes, how do you know? I said, I don't know. I just know. And it's about nine, nine thirty at night. We watched this orange rod with with silver orbs on the end looking like an old dumbbell come racing across the sky from the southeast to the northwest and his wife is throwing hail mary because she's catholic she's you know like oh my mm -hmm. god oh my god i can't be here we got to go home and i'm like no 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 calm down i said we're not even done yet hmm. right 20 minutes later i looked up after taking a sip of my beer and there is a black triangle sitting over top of my house and the entire undercarriage is silver orbs connected by orange rods. And I said, what the hell is that? My buddy's like, what? And I just did one of the, you know, like one of those goofy, uh, right. Right. And his wife, like, like she fainted, she dropped right to the ground right on my patio and and uh and him and i started freaking out and there was no sound and dave it was like a door opened in the sky man and this triangle went right for it and it just started disappearing like nothing like and then it was gone right full-on triangle it was it was insane it was insane. And we had that happen a couple of times with different friends as well. And it just got to be like a, like a party uh, event. Hey, you know, let's, instead of playing pin the tail on the donkey, let's watch some UFOs fly over. Right. Dave, why do you think you're not getting knocked on the door by government officials, men in black, uh, other people like that? If you're having this kind of deal, you're obviously not hiding what's taking place. What's keeping you from pinging the radar of the government officials and, and people in power that don't want these stories put out there? Two reasons okay. that I've thought of, and I've thought of this question often. Mm -hmm. Number one, I live in Canada. Mm -hmm. And number two, Canada doesn't even have a budget for their hockey team, let alone <laughs> having a budget for the men in black. Okay. Right. So it, at that point, I was so naive. Now, to be serious for a second, I was so naive on the subject of mm -hmm. what was going on. I didn't even think about that. Never thought of helicopters flying over. There was only one time where we got weird, where we knew we had a drone fly by my house. We knew. We saw it. It was, it was uh, a couple thousand feet over my house. Like and when I say a couple thousand, I'm not talking five, ten thousand. I'm talking maybe 1,500 feet, 2,000, okay? And it was followed by an airplane. So you got this, this drone that's buzzing, and then you got the airplane following in behind it. 
I knew at that point there was something going on that we were probably being watched, but I never got the knock on the door, never got anything. Uh, and I never really expected to this day. The only thing that's really happened it, to me to this day is I've had some, some phone tapping. That's it. I've never had uh, a knock on the door. I've never had the email. I've never had uh, the black vehicles following me. And, and probably because I, I tell everybody, man, I can be bought. Okay. I can be bought. <laughs> if you want me out of the game, pay off my mortgage. Okay. I'll go away. And you'll go quiet. Yeah. I'll go quietly. Okay. Or give me a job on the woo desk and I will go quietly. I won't do any disinformation stuff because that's not fair. But if you want me gone, just write a check, make my mortgage go away. And then I will go. It's real simple. And, and I make no bones about that. Dave, people will say, Oh, you're a sellout. You're whatever. No, I'm, I'm doing this to try and find answers for me and believe it or not, without doing my show, I can find more answers mm -hmm. because I have time to do that. So if any agency or alphabet agency listening and hello, everybody out there, if you want me to go away, just cut a check, <laughs> cut a check for my mortgage. We can negotiate. Okay. Sure. But cut a check for my mortgage and, and Dave goes away. You know, then I'll just, you know, find another way to come on your show and yeah. we'll figure that out. Maybe my name we'll will be like code. Dixon or something like that. Yeah. Well, Scott Davidson. Scott Davidson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So let me ask you this. In all honesty, Dave, if we were to have you on the show with a, a, a lie detector expert hooking you up, do you believe, and I'll, I'll explain this in a minute to you, but do you believe you would pass that lie detector test? regarding the experiences you just shared with us hundred percent. Okay. I would, uh, I would swear on my children's lives and Dave, I know how passionate you are about your children mm -hmm. and, and I'm the exact same way about mine. Mm -hmm. I would swear on my children's lives and, you know, stick me with a fork of, you know, a pitchfork. If I, if I lied to an audience, you know, our job as, as journalists, as, as radio show hosts, the one thing like you have radio experience, Dave, I mm -hmm. have radio experience. Podcasters don't understand and God bless them because we need them there. More opinion, the better, but they don't understand the rules of radio, which is you have to walk a very fine line with telling your audience the truth, no matter how painful it is, mm -hmm. because the terrestrial radio audience is banking on you the radio station is banking on your honesty because they're selling advertisement on your word you have to be blunt you have to be honest and you can't do that type of podcast garbage where you could just make everything up on the fly that's why mm -hmm. if, if you listen to me and no offense to you or anybody i never call my show a podcast i call it a mm -hmm. live radio show because I want that distinction of not that I'm better than you or anybody else. Okay. Cause I'm not, but I want that distinction that I have a responsibility to the eight radio stations, terrestrial radio stations that are broadcasting spaced out radio. 
I have a, a contract with them that I am going to be as honest and as point to the point as possible. And that's what I do. All right. I, I ask you that, and again, not to put you on the spot, but to, to get that conviction across to listeners. Because again, we play in a theater of the mind. The concepts that you and I share are things that take people out of the normal paradigms of their lives and make them think and consider. You know, I, I got a message today. The Curse of Lizzie Borden special is running on Travel Channel again a show that I filmed two years ago that ran two years ago and it's being repopulated. New people are finding it. And I, I, I get these messages from a gentleman today. You know, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan. I love the other TV shows you've been a part of, but I watched Lizzie Borden and, you know, I, it kind of shook my faith in you because it was so over the top acting. And my only response was, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I know it can be uncomfortable to see things that don't fit your paradigm. I gain nothing by making myself look like a, a vulnerable idiot on TV. I, you know, the experience I had was terrifying to me, was unsettling. And I, I don't expect you to go along wholeheartedly into the journey. You're welcome to join me. You're welcome to witness the things that I witness. And it's up to you to decide if this can make sense. And I, I understand that to a lot of people, what you said tonight will not make sense. Not because they think you're lying, but because it's easier to live a life not accepting that what Dave Scott yeah. saw is real. It's it's more comforting to sit back and think, that's crazy. This guy's goofy. I can't believe Schrader even gave him time on the radio show, but yet they'll tune in to follow up on the story because as as absurd as it sounds, there's that aspect of us that knows there's something else going on. And that truth is going to come in roundabout ways. The the big thing, Dave, that I want to say is whether it's me or whether it's any other experiencer, mm -hmm. not a single, I've never talked to an experiencer that said, I asked for this. Mm. I've never, ever talked to an ET experiencer who said, I wanted this. I, I dreamed about this. I'm, I'm so glad this happened to me. Not one. I lived a very happily boring life. I had my poker game on Tuesdays. I got to watch my uh, hockey teams play on television uh, a few times a week. You know, I was happy being a, a father and, and, you know, taking my kids down to the swimming pool once a week. Uh, we'd take our ATVs and we'd go out riding in the forest. You know, I wasn't even into Bigfoot back then. I was hoping mm -hmm. that we rode in the area where they were but I had always hoped. And, and, you know, there, there are so many different stories out there that go along with it, but I didn't want this to be my life. I work 16 hours a day. You know, I work my daytime job. I see my family for two hours and then I go into my studio. If I don't have an interview like this, I go into my studio at seven 30 at night and I leave at one o'clock in the morning. Thank God I have a studio in my house. I really enjoy working 16 hours a day right? For eight years, all because I'm searching for an answer of why me and why now, right? So uh, it's, it's frustrating because it always comes down to the aspect of people will say, well, where, where's your camera footage? Where's your video footage? Where's your photographs? Where's your audio? My question to you is, what is proof? Right. What is proof? I can show you 
a picture of a UFO, you're not going to believe it. You're going to think it's photoshopped. You're going to mm-hmm. think it's it's uh, it's made up or it's dust or it's Venus or it's uh, um, green dust or whatever it may be, swamp gas. Mm-hmm. I show you a video. You're not going to believe the video. You're going to believe it's uh, swamp gas, CGI, uh, confetti. All lightning. Right. Right. So my question to anybody who is skeptical, please be skeptical. We need those questions, mm-hmm. but answer to yourself, what is proof? Because anecdotal evidence isn't proof. Photos aren't proof. Video isn't proof. What's proof? I know doing the shows uh, that I've been a part of, Holzer Files, even Ghost Adventures, the Ghosts of Devil's Perch, Paranormal State, having these opportunities to go out, I see the things I see. All I can do is answer to you that what I saw, the experiences I had are portrayed exactly as they appeared in the show. There are moments and evidence that we capture that Shane and I were the only ones that had access to that footage. Mm -hmm. I know it wasn't manipulated, but the two of us would sit back and think, we're going to show this. Nobody's going to believe it. it nobody's going to believe this. This is, that's insane. But you do what you do and you put it out there and you give it an opportunity. And I've made that point to people myself. Okay. That is not believable to you. What would have been, what is the level? And, you know, we all want that clear. How can, oh, oh, Bigfoot, he's always blurry and out of focus because you're caught off guard. You grab your phone quickly and try to take a picture of it. But if I get a clear concise photograph of Bigfoot. Oh, well, that looks staged. I got a funny story for you on that. (laughs) Yeah. I got a funny story for you. A couple years ago, I'm going to get firewood with my buddy. Mm -hmm. And I have a giant lynx cat jump out onto onto the logging road. I've never, I've seen one lynx, just the head. And if anybody's ever seen a lynx, they are the most beautiful cat you will ever see. I'm fumbling and bumbling with my phone to try and get it to turn on. It will not turn on. The cat finally looks at me and says, really, idiot? I'm giving you the money shot right now. And by the time I unlocked my phone, it was up into the bushes, and I had to yell at the cat. True story. My buddy Mike can tell you. I had to yell at the cat to get a blurry, pixelated photo, (laughs) okay, of this lynx. And the Lynx was pissed off. He's like, I don't even want to stop anymore, right? <laughs> you you right. screwed this one up, right? But, I mean, that's just the way it is. As I look for the, that Lynx photo right now, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Well, Dave, t- let's talk about this real quickly here because I know we're going over time. This is the director's cut. Uh, Paranormal 60 is really just kind of a guideline as opposed to a hard rule. But uh, abductions, yeah. seeing is one thing. Do you believe that you have been taken, Dave Scott? As far as I know, I've been taken eight times. And by taken, are you being uh, medically tested? Are you being taken onto a ship in the outer space? Are you being taken to other planets? Describe taken. I've never been to another planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even know if I've been on a craft. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping I have, I know one time I woke up on the table, uh, to the feeling of children's fingers running through my hair. Mm -hmm. And I looked up over my right shoulder. It was dark. I looked over on my left shoulder and there were three little grays standing there. Mm -hmm. 
I felt them cut open them. I put my head back in this donut. I know I'm on a metal table, just like a massage table where that has the donut that you can put your face in. Right. I know I'm in there and I felt them cut open the back of my head. Then I felt the saw. And, uh, and I felt the little fingers, uh, trying to implant me with something right in the back of my head right here. And, uh, Lorian Fenton, if you know who she is from the UFO world, she says she she always laughs and she goes, you know how I know your story is true? I said, how? She goes, because nobody would ever say the next part. I said, really? So the next part is I got my face in this donut and I expect everybody to laugh here when I say this, okay? But it's God's honest truth. I start yelling at the aliens, hurry up. I'm going to piss all over your table. I have to pee. Hurry up. Get me back home because I have to pee and I'm going to pee all over myself and I don't want to do that. And the next thing I know, I, I felt them rushing all around me and I wake up. My head is throbbing like I've just drank two bottles of tequila. And I get up. I'm face down on top of my blankets, uh, face down into my pillow. I jump up, I grab the right side of my head with or with my right hand. I run to my bathroom and God is my witness. It was the best piss I've ever taken, Dave. <laughs> uh, Tabitha Meadows wants to know if you had a cat skin to check for any kind of implants. Have you had anything no. to uh, to look at that? No. Is that something you're interested in having examined? No. Why is uh, not it? Not for the fact of it, it not finding anything. Mm -hmm. That would actually be more relieving. Mm -hmm. I, for myself, consider myself my own little science experiment that mm -hmm. I am conducting on me. And I'm just going where the experience takes me. Love, love says... Do they enjoy the sadism? Do you think that these things love terrifying humans, that they love doing these things to get their jollies, or is this no. truly scientific exploration for them? Look what we do to animals. Look mm -hmm. what we do to people. Uh, if we went to another world, we're going to be grabbing all sorts of, of species, from amoebas to whatever is walking or flying around and we are going to take one of them and we are going to scientifically dissect it as inhumanely as possible to see what it's about. Why can't they be doing that? I have, uh, I have no issue with that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, look, I have had good experiences. Dave. So you want, you want plausible deniability. If it's, if you go get a cat scan and find out it's not there, great. But if you find out there is something there, yeah, the, the, the reality is deeply set then it's not something that you could always, maybe it was a dream. Maybe had, I'll tell you about another time. Cause I know we're running out of time here. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you another time I got taken was about a year and a half ago. Okay. And I, it, it was a total dream set. There were a number of people from the UFO world there. I remember it. Uh, the, there was two towers, one set below each other. And there was a UFO conference going on. And I was being, ch myself and Dr. Bob McGuire, who we call Science Bob, were being mm -hmm. chased around this hotel by three alien greys. I woke up the next morning 
my entire body was killing me like i didn't sleep a wink every joint on my body was sore i could barely open my eyes when my alarm went off i finally uh i dave i literally went into my shower and felt and put myself on the ground of my shower so i could sleep under the hot water and i took it all in and i finally woke myself up i get ready for work i call bob up and i said bob i think i got taken last night he goes oh yeah no pardon me i said first off i said how did you sleep last night he goes well i was tossing and turning but the strange thing is my wife got up in the middle of the night because she thought she heard people walking downstairs i said well i got taken last night and you were there he goes really he goes okay what happened i explained the story he goes that's interesting dave eight hours later i get a phone call from bob he checked his uh his uh smartwatch mm-hmm. or his fitbit that he sleeps with and in the middle of the night he had his uh fitbit say that he was awake for 90 minutes and I've since talked to Lou Elizondo about that. And Lou Elizondo told me point blank that they can, they are tracking and have the ability to track alien abductions through Fitbits. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So that was interesting. This is a, a fascinating question, one that was ruminating in my skull as well. Trinette Cap says, have your abductions always been the same species of aliens? Uh, do you know if there are more than just the ones that uh, we're aware of? I have seen, if you include the guy in the forest, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the hell he was. Right. I've seen about five different species of gray. Of gray. Of grays. So you've not seen like the mantis or the uh, Nordic or Nordic aliens. Trust me, if I could see one of them hot Nordics, I totally would, and I would run away with her. (laughs) No offense to my beautiful wife or anything like that, but I mean that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, it's like Katy Perry for me, or you know (laughs) Jennifer Aniston. But uh, you know, hey, everybody has a list, okay? Everybody's got the list of five. All right. So anyways, Dave, help us out really quickly before we say goodbye here. And and again, we're going to, we're going to go over to your show in, in about 45 minutes. Um, so make sure you, you check that out folks again, spaced out radio. I'll be on his program tonight, 9 PM Pacific, 10 PM mountain time, 11 PM central, 12 AM Eastern time. And Dave, maybe I can even uh, uh, get the audio from you to make uh, available on our podcast so that more people can find it and then find you from there. So for those of you listening to the podcast and your ardent listeners that don't stray, I'll try to get that audio so we could put it up as a Wednesday uh, bonus episode of this program you could listen to. But before we go, Dave, um, if there are people out there right now who believe they may have been, but they're still on that fence of, I think I'm hallucinating or dreaming. Are there a few hard and fast rules you could say? If if you think, if you've got this, this, and this, you have been abducted. Number one, do not report your case. Do not go public. 
meet people within the field. There's enough people in the field, uh, bigger names that want to hear your story. Don't go mm -hmm. public. Do not report it because right now everything reported goes to the government. Unless it's a new fork out of uh, Seattle, which is Peter Davenport. Um, okay. Remember that you're not crazy. Take a notepad, write down what happened, even if it seems like a dream. Follow the patterns. If you have any marks on yourself, uh, scoop marks, red marks, scratches, okay? Just take a notepad and write it all down. Photograph it if you can. Build your own little case for yourself. That way you have evidence to report it on. What time was it? Who was with you? Okay, what were you wearing? Just like a police investigation. Do that for yourself. In the end, you'll be better for it. So things to look for are moments of missing time. Uh, if you're finding strange markings on your body that don't seem to correlate with anything that should be in your house. Um, Absolutely. Is there a way to differentiate? Do you believe, I don't know how to exactly pose this. Uh, some people physically believe that they are being taken somewhere. Others believe it is almost a spiritual intrusion that their soul or essence is being removed from their body and being examined. What do you make you know, of that? Do you believe you've had both types or just the physical? Yeah, I've, had both. I've had both. Look, all I will say is that if you're having a good time, just roll with it. Okay. okay? Enjoy something that not everybody gets to enjoy because they're five senses people. Mm -hmm. Okay. If it's something that is bothering you that you can't sleep at night, find help. Okay. Number one, try a psychologist, try a hypnotherapist. Okay. Try someone who will listen to you regarding it. They don't have to believe you that that's not their job to believe you. Their job is to listen to you and ask I you have, questions to open up the door. I have two hypnotherapists I've spoken to off the record who've talked to me about doing alien work that they've stopped doing it because they firmly believe that what they're being told is real and they're afraid it's going to put them on the radar because while they've done the hypnotherapy and the regression work, things have begun to happen in their office. Mm -hmm. um, they both tended to believe that you become simpatico with the beings and that they are kind of always a part of you. And by opening up that hypnotherapy you are actually awakening them. How do you feel it's, about that? I will tell you this. I have many friends who have blamed me for things happening in their house after hanging out with me. Hmm. I have a friend of mine recently. We call him random guy who moved out of his house because shortly after him and I started talking on the phone, he started having paranormal activity in his children's room. And it led to the fact that his buddy was watching a movie in his house and watched his gun holster come off the chair and fly across the room five feet and drop on the ground. He moved out of that house within the next few days. And he blames me for it. So I'm like, cool, that's okay. But yeah, simpatico, 100%. 100% believe in it. Especially Do you believe because you're open to it that that's why it continues? Do you believe if you put your foot down and said enough's I, enough that it would stop? No, I'm too far gone now. Okay. I'm too far gone. Uh, but for other people, I think they have to. 
people don't people are and you'll hear the, hear this all the time dave people are always like man i would i would totally love an experience i don't care what it is i would just want an experience no you don't careful what you wish for exactly yeah exactly i've said that often uh dave scott always a pleasure sir thank you for joining us back tonight and uh regaling us with your tales um i know there's more to share more to tell and we will do this again in the future so thank you and i look forward to joining you in a little bit on your program much love we'll see you in 38 minutes all right sounds good thank you all for tuning in and spending some time with us here on the paranormal 60 and may the darkness be just a little more light with the experiences and insights that we share here. Whether you believe the stories that you hear or not, be open to the concepts that there is more in this world, seen and unseen, than we've even scratched the surface of. Because in examining these concepts, allowing these things to be real, I think it awakens an element inside of us that we've lost in humanity. And if we can reawaken that element, I think we're going to be blown away by the possibilities of where humanity can truly go. Thank you so much for the love and support on this program, for tuning in and sharing your time with us. For those of you that are fans of Spaced Out Radio that joined me here tonight, I hope you'll continue to visit with us on the Paranormal 60 Monday and Friday nights. We've got over 100 episodes in the archives that you can watch on YouTube or listen. So I know there are many of you that listen regularly, and you're probably looking for more content. I know you're not finding the original episodes because there's much fewer downloads of those than there are of each episode that comes out. So go back, revisit, check out the first episodes, and make your way through because there are many stories to be shared many things to be heard, and many experiences to open your mind, your heart, and your spirit. And that's what this show is about. We'll be back on Friday with the best in paranormal news and the Paranormal 60 News crew. I'm your host, Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60. (laughs) 